Hi, my name's Hudson, and I'm a geoholic. Howdy, everybody. Nick here for another Bad Elf Tech Minute with the Geoholics. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about some conference updates uh, due to the global pandemic. As you may have heard, a lot of these conferences have gone to a virtual format. Um, however, some conferences have gone back to being in person. So if you were interested in meeting the Bad Elf crew and the Geoholics at the Tri-State Surveyor Show, um, it has been rescheduled in person for August, so something to keep in your calendar. Additionally, if you are a global traveler and you go to Intergeo, one of the world's largest geomatics conferences uh, every year, uh, this year will be held in Berlin. It has also been um, replanned to be in person. Conversely, uh, two conferences, if you're here in Arizona locally and you attend the Arizona Geographic Information Council uh, conference, it has gone virtual and the Esri UC conference or user conference, it has also gone to being virtual. One thing to throw out with the Esri conference, uh, they are suspecting right now almost 1.5 to two times the attendance. Um, usually that conference draws about 20,000 people. And so virtually speaking, uh, there's gonna be a larger conference. So great opportunity to do some learning. Uh, additionally, if you are a student or uh, part of a university or high school, you can attend the virtual UC uh, for free. So if you are a conference attendee like I am and you travel, you may want to check back in with your conferences. Some have gone to virtual and some have gone back to in person. And if you're going to be at the Tri-State Surveyor Show, love to meet you. Thanks everybody. This is Nick with the Bad Elf Tech Minute. If you need to get a hold of me, please shoot me an email at nick, N-I-K, at bad-elf.com. Thanks everybody. Iriman, how can you not be happy when you listen to that music? That is the tune we need right now. Oh my God. Thank you everyone for listening to episode 39 of The Geoholics, a podcast produced by and for geomatics professionals, also known as the Larry Zonka episode. American Gladiators host himself. Absolutely. And another reason I chose him, my best friend, like my best friend growing up ever, John Halfcan Hansen, that's his favorite team, the Miami Dolphins. Well, there you go. There's there's a certain uh, former guest of the program, Mr. Coxon, is also a Dolphins fan. There you have it. Please consider joining the Geoholics fan club. For every 20 bucks you contribute to the Geoholics GoFundMe account, you will receive a couple Geoholics wristbands and a highly sought-after Geoholics t-shirt, along with, but wait, there's more. What? Having your name mentioned on the next podcast and... Maybe even get some super cool new swag that will be arriving soon. In fact, let me show you guys. Let me show you guys. It, it show up. your ears, really. It showed up today. Show us, but show the audience's ears. Yes. Oh, geez. Am I going to have to describe Yeah, Ryan, thing we, need and, a, uh, we need an in-depth description. I am not the, the, the best uh, describer. Okay. I don't the, know if these that's are, a word. Uh, these are the new decals we got. Let me know what you guys think. I I am already impressed. We'll post some It pictures. looks like a road sign. It's like a square road sign. That's right. Sign. Wait, it goes along with surveying, right? Yeah, it's nice and yellow All with right. the black, and it says, my name is blank. You can fill it in with yep. Delphi Dilf, and you can say, and I'm a geoholic. Exactly, exactly. So I it, like them personally. So if you contribute to the uh, Get Jake to Mars Fund, um, you will be getting <laughs> wristbands, T-shirt, and stickers. And this week we want to recognize Zach 
Indiana Gooch, Gooch. episode 33 alumni. <laughs> we appreciate him making a very generous donation. So thank you to Zach Gooch. That first number, of course, is Jimmy Buffett. The name of the song is Volcano. Um, our guest tonight is a uh, self-proclaimed parrot head. I, too, I mean, I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. Fins up. A um, little bit about Jimmy Buffett. 20 million albums sold. That's it? He is worth about $550 million. Guess how old he is? I'm going to say 72. What do you got, PJ? I have no clue. No I'll clue. say What's 71. It? 73. You guys are really oh, close. Oh, so close. Absolutely. And get does, this. Does that $550 million include his land shark money? Oh, dude. He's got money coming out of his ears. There's no doubt about it. I actually saw him. This is one of, my, one of my claim to fame concerts in Wrigley Field in 2006, about the 15th row. It was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, and they actually recorded a live DVD at that show. Mm-hmm. And a couple of my buddies got on the DVD somehow and stuff like that. It was just an unbelievable experience. And one last little known fact about our buddy Jimmy Buffett. In 2018, Buffett teamed with businessman Bo Wrigley and Sir Tara Holdings, Inc. to license, get this, Coral Reefer brand marijuana. <laughs> there you go. I, 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 the guy's already got the, the alcohol with... Oh my like I God. said, the land shark, and yes. now he's in the marijuana. He just yes. he just wants you to have a good time. I thought we nailed it with the Geoholics branding, but the Coral Reefer, are you kidding me? <laughs> you cannot top that. There is no way. Oh, that's a that's a play on words, Oh, my boys. God. Anyways, as, as you guys know, I'm sure a number of you are Jimmy Buffett fans. You can get all his music on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, and basically everywhere else uh, imaginable. Shout out to our friends of the program. Thanks for believing in us and your continued support. First off, we got Bad Elf GPS. You can find them at bad-elf.com. And basically, they're high accuracy. They develop high accuracy GPS receivers for all day data collection. And a special thanks to Dr. Nick Smolowski for his Bad Elf Tech Minutes. And then we have Land Surveyors United. Uh, there's a there's a really nice guy, Justin Farrow. He developed this I website. know that guy. Uh, LandSurveyorsUnited.com is where you can find them. They have all sorts of different pages on there, uh, COVID-19 related. There's even a Geoholics page on there. Uh, go check it out. Uh, over 16,600 land surveyors currently on there. Absolutely. And we have Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot arrow. Scott Ohana is the man at Unifly. This is a true field-to-finish aerial workflow designed by surveyors for surveyors, so be sure to check them out. And then we can't forget about Parkland College in Champaign, Illinois, Mr. Corey Allred. They have their whole program set up. I also happened to journey upon their website, and I saw that they have the weekend land surveying program. So if you are a full-time professional already and still just trying to promote the profession and get better at what you do, check them out at parkland.edu slash surveying. Nicely done, shoots. Um, Did I just snort? (laughs) I heard it. I heard it. (laughs) We're going to have Jake take that one out. <laughs> All right. We also, <laughs> big news. This is the big news that you guys have been waiting for. We have a new friend of the program, Diamondback Land Surveying. Trent Keenan is the man behind this uh, operation, and they specialize in residential, commercial, and public works. Corporate office located in Las Vegas, Nevada, and they're celebrating 13 years in business. And I cannot forget to mention, they are also a proud sponsor and brand ambassador of Get Kids Into Survey. So I'm going to mention two websites here, diamondbacklandsurveying.com and getkidsintosurvey.com. It's a double whammy, boys. 
Indeed it is. And here we are in the Beat Lab studio, better known as producer Jake's living room now. We move from the kitchen to the living room. Much more casual setting. I like this. And, uh, of course, the fridge is stocked as usual, which we appreciate greatly. You restocked yourself. I saw it. I did. I brought some. I had to replace the place that I took. I was starting to feel bad. <laughs> no, it's you great. You to drink them out of his house. Exactly. That's great. We can just set up real quick, and it's we can record efficiently from here. This is a, this has turned into a pretty good um studio for us i i freaking love it so as long as you'll have us here we'll be happy to be here always welcome except for the parking situation not so good here that can get a little rough (laughs) yeah i actually had to walk like two blocks i know and it's 115 out there yes it is yes it is all right (laughs) let's catch up with the boys producer jake what you got for us buddy how's it going guys just want to make this super quick because we're already kind of taking the intro a little long but um just really quick we talked about the uh spacex launch last week we just want to give you an update if you hadn't seen it already bob and doug are at the international space station everyone went good or i guess i guess nominal as they say in the business <laughs> um so those guys are up there super cool um also we start my uh, sailing lessons this weekend so i've been yes. ordering a bunch of stuff on amazon getting all sorts of sailing gear love when that stuff shows up I, I i'm a true believer packages showing up like one of the best things ever you know exactly what's in it but like i've always got to run out there right away open it up <laughs> pull whatever it's got to, and i'm i got the, the shirt that i'm wearing right now you guys can't see it but i just had delivered maybe an hour and a half ago <laughs> i threw it right on and just just going with it so it's a great feeling when packages show up at the door <laughs> such a dork so you believe in packages and the excitement that goes along with it so i do have a question for you okay uh do you believe in ufos no no. How do those two tie Actually, together? What? Yes. No, here's how it here? ties together. You need to do some research, my friend. So the SpaceX, have you not heard the stuff that's going on with that and how they had like UFO sightings and the videos and stuff? Uh-uh. I mean, I've seen, I've seen these like Tic Tac videos and all sorts of stuff that, that like the Navy has captured. I, I, no, this is I, I, retract, I retract my prior statement. I, I believe in them because there's, there's no reason not to believe at this point. There's, there's no proof either way. Exactly. Don't so you. it's more fun to say that I do. I'm more so confused. Like, how in the happiness of a package does that relate to UFOs? Well, where, I, where was the segue here well, that I'm missing? As soon as he mentioned SpaceX, I knew I wanted to ask him about UFOs. <laughs> so when he, he, met, he set it up, he set it up perfectly. He's like, I believe in packages and this and that. I'm like, oh, okay. What else do you believe like, in? That's yeah. like mental happiness. Like, yes, I got stuff. I'm happy. What <laughs> well, does that have to do with UFOs? I am completely lost here. Maybe that's what the, U, the UFOs are bringing. Uh, they the bring happiness to people and like i mean how do you think your amazon packages get here that quick aliens have to be involved bezos is an alien <laughs> anyways, anyways basically some uh, classic dilfy dilf uh conspiracy yeah let's go with some segues that are solid on this one yeah ryan how are you i am fantastic uh you guys know i played 36 holes in 110 degree weather so i was sweating my backside off on saturday but uh went over to my parents house and speaking of these amazon packages my dad has this whole like bin in front of his house now that has a little note that he put on there with the amazon smiley face and it just says thank you so my wife was like how many packages are you ordering it always i was like about two to three a day <laughs> so i don't know what in the world they could possibly need you know the kids are all grown and out of the house 
what in the world is my dad ordering that I don't know about? There's a conspiracy theory for you. Well, like, we'll figure that one out for me. You know oh. what? He needs to go into the taser business. Do you know how hard it is to get tasers right now? Really? Well, oh. uh, lucrative business. Yeah, I would assume and with everything probably going on. like tan guns too and mace and no. all yeah. this stuff. And yeah, I, I went by C2 Tactical yesterday to get uh, get Megan either a taser or like some uh, some pepper spray, like mm-hmm. a stun gun or like yeah. a pronged like, taser, no, like, pronged taser, like shoots barbs. Yes. You want the like wow. full on. Wow. No, not, not like. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great. No, <laughs> no I want the. That's the one I want. Okay, oh, stun so gun. The, the one stun you just gun. hit him with. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't want the full on like yeah, first stabbing of all, him. Out of everything, and there was people wall to wall in C2 Tactical. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Line out the door. It's nuts. I wouldn't like. Are the other stores even? Well, I know everything's opening back up. Like uh, Free Plug, whatever Cabela's, Bass mm-hmm. Pro, all yep. those. Are are they all open? I think so. Okay. Do you check Amazon? I think so. Yeah, I did. Jake is going to look at it right now. He's going to have. I one just deli- bought three. He's going to have <laughs> delivered to your house before <laughs> you get home. Just make sure I get one. UFOs are going to uh, deliver them. But. Hey, shoots! Before you go, I want to present you with a gift that I got oh, you geez. and uh, you and Hudson. Oh boy! Go ahead and open it up live, and uh, I, why do you guys do this to me on on here? Cause we just talked about it. Oh sweet, it's a stun gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a UFO. <laughs> oh jeez, it's huge and easy, heavy. And Don't get that too close to the boys. Oh, we're going magnet fishing, boys. <laughs> no way. It is. Feel this bad boy. You want easy. to put it right yeah, on your computer? Yeah, put it right on the mixer. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome! Thank you. you wow, bet. that's something. You uh, bet. I don't know our uh, like uh, the the lake in our neighborhood. It's only seven or eight years old. It I don't doesn't know. matter. It doesn't gonna, matter. We're gonna, gonna find something. Yeah, all find right. For I'm, sure. He literally asked me today. He's like, "Can we go fishing tomorrow? I'm, oh, gonna, I'm gonna come home and be like, we're going magnet fishing now, boys.' <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. That is a powerful magnet. Five hundred pounds, my friend. Is that? Well, Wow, I can't even pull it apart. <laughs> All right. What are you, what are you up to? Oh, man. Get, well, get, uh, Jake and I just play with this thing for a few minutes. Yeah. I. Uh, so my thing this week is figuring out how to live off the grid. Obviously, with all the stuff going on around us, you know, we got a pandemic. Now we have, you know, the looting and the rioting and the protesting and the UFOs. And, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on. So I've been trying to talk my wife into living off the grid. A um, couple really cool options out there. I can't say that I'll actually follow through with it, but it's fun to think about it and see if it's actually possible, which it definitely is. And my other thing that I want to throw out there to the listeners, and I am hoping that people will email us with some suggestions, because I know there's a lot of people out there in the same boat as as I am. And I work for a company that has, you know, big company, of course, and we have a storage locker full of old survey equipment, tripods, instruments. I mean, you name it, we've got it. And there's just not a whole lot you can do with that stuff, right? So my question is to our listeners, send us some suggestions and I will share it with the listeners. Um, You know, how to repurpose this old uh, survey gear. There's got to be a way to do it. You know, making lamps out of tripods or something. I don't know. But there's got to be something that somebody can come up with. Maybe they already have that can uh, be beneficial for everybody when and it comes to old survey equipment. And this is all like recently old. Well, I mean, survey it's, equipment. It's not like old tripods that are cool and kind of decoration. No, pieces. yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. Not like, like your GPSs. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just old. I mean, I got like 20, 20 tripods. You yeah. know, in in a storage area, and okay. I'm just like. What do you do with this stuff? You know, and there's not a huge market for it, to be honest with you. But there's got to be something we can do to repurpose it. 
Well, the problem is surveyors aren't always the most artistic people. So we gotta we gotta branch. We gotta tap our, into that. We gotta branch the brand out and find some artists. Absolutely, absolutely. And I did see, and I've never met this gentleman, but he has done a really good thing with the Field Crew uh, Facebook page. But it's Michael Platt's birthday today, so happy birthday to Michael! Hopefully, you listen to this and uh, great job on the uh, an awesome Facebook page. So with that, are we moving on? Anything else, boys? Um, no. I did. We're we're still playing with the magnet. All right. <laughs> so we we I mean, as you you know, you guys that have been listening to us for a long time. Things change here and there with the show, and you know, we try to get creative and you know find different ways to provide value and make friends. Um, credit Glensky episode six. Um, so I've been calling this a safety apparel safety share. Okay. Well, I'm going to change it. I'm going to call it the safety apparel geo share because that opens it up to so many different things we can talk about right now. And first of all, safety apparel has the best safety vests on the planet. And I can confirm because my crews have been wearing them for as long as they've been out. Basically be sure to check out safety apparel at safetyapparel.us and follow them on all social media platforms. A lot of fun stuff and giveaways going on there. But our topic on this evening's, GeoShare is International Surveyors Week, and we have a very special guest with us tonight. You've already heard him once, maybe twice. And that is Justin Farrell with Land Surveyors United. So, Justin, please take a few minutes and tell us about International Surveyors Week. Well, let's see. Uh, a lot of people have heard of National Surveyors Week, especially here in the U.S., but uh, for about nine years now, something that my father and I came up with about, uh, well, it was nine years ago, International Surveyors Week gives everyone a chance, every surveyor a chance to show what they do every day. It gives us a chance to, uh, in different places, in, in all places of the world, inspire the next generation of surveyors while, uh, while recognizing the challenges that are involved in surveying in a particular place and, and just kind of bringing surveyors together so that they can become like part of a global crew, essentially, is what my dad used to call it. He'd say, well, this guy's good at AutoCAD. This guy's good. This guy's good with uh, with post-processing. You know, if you build a global crew and you've got friends all around the world who are all surveyors, everyone can specialize in their thing and you have support at your fingertip. Well, my dad's idea of International Surveyors Week was just that, but to give uh, – people, all the members, a chance to localize themselves and find other surveyors in, in their local environment, but also uh, celebrate surveying while uh, uploading photos and videos and starting discussions and telling why they appreciate land surveying as being the career that they chose. And um, the, the I guess the, 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 the secondary result of it is that the public gains awareness of the importance of a land surveyor and how important a land surveyor is to society locally and globally. And so International Surveyors Week has always been a chance for that to happen globally and locally because we have what's called hubs. And uh, there's a hub for every location in the world. And there are other surveyors in that location that you can connect with and a place where you can share changes in laws and, and upcoming events and, and a way to further bring together the surveyors locally and represent what land surveying means. And what usually happens and always happens uh, at the very end of 
International Surveyor's Week is Survey Earth in a Day. Now, Survey Earth in a Day is a day for all surveyors, where uh, this is this will be our ninth Survey Earth in a Day. On June 20th, the summer solstice at noon, all the surveyors of Earth can do two things, log a point and submit the data to the, to the community or virtually check in to a 24 hour stream that we will have as a community. And so all day long, there'll be, there'll be surveyors tuning in from all around the world. And uh, it'll be a, you know, just a check-in, a way for us to say, hey, we're unified. We can do this together. Uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world that are very negative. This has always been a very positive thing for me. And uh, uh, my father passed away on the very first day of, Sur of International Surveyors Week four years ago. And so every year I do this as a memorial to him because it, in his, in his legacy, it, it, it was geared towards unifying surveyors and social, uh, social support and giving everyone a chance to teach themselves on a level of education that's self-taught and peer taught. And so, um, so International Surveyors Week is one week a year that we have a chance to do that, where every single day of the week is geared towards a different area of the world. Uh, Africa Surveyors Day is on the 14th of, uh, of 14th of June. The 15th is North America Surveyors Day. Uh, the, the 16th is Asia. The 17th is Europe then South America, then Survey Earth in a day, then Oceania, and then uh, the Middle East. So it's it, every day, it, it's, an in, it's an inclusive virtual event that is meant to let everyone involved feel like they have something to be a part of. That's, That's pretty awesome. That is awesome, Justin. Thank you for sharing all that. And, uh, you know, kudos to you for all the time and effort you've put into this over the course of the last, uh, what, this is going to be the ninth year, you said? Well, um, yeah. Yep, yep, and then carrying on your, you know, your father's legacy at the same time, as as well as it, you know, presenting or providing something that's beneficial to every single surveyor across the globe. So again, I would highly recommend that anybody listening goes to landsurveyorsunited.com and checks out everything that Justin's got set up there for uh, International Surveyors Week. So thanks, RSVP Justin. RSVP for, for your day. RSVP for your day because then you'll be able to tune in virtually. And it and it's you know something that everyone can be a part of. And uh, next year will be our last year because the datum changes in 2022. So wow, good point. We'll have Ten solid years. Oh my gosh, makes sense. Nice even number. Yeah, uh, I like absolutely. that. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank I, you. They anticipated that, but that's the way it's turned out. So. Yep. Yep. All right. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, Justin. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. All right. Let's move on to uh, our guest this evening. We're going to stir the pot a little bit. Our guest this evening is Michael Pummer. Likes to also go by Mike. He's a registered surveyor and, as I mentioned earlier in the show, a, uh, a parrot head. So we have that in common. Uh, Mike was born in Georgetown, Washington, D.C. and raised in Rockville, Maryland. He's been surveying for most of the last 35 years. So to say he is experienced uh, would be an understatement. Took a break to live in Rocky Point, Mexico to captain sea lion tours and booze cruises. I'm sure producer Jake's going to have some questions about that. That seems to be his... Uh, that is a solid break. His right career there. objective at this point. Uh, he spent three years in a wheelchair after losing the lower part of his leg to an infection. Now fully has a fully functional prosthetic. 
So he's overcome that. He likes to fish, of course, riding, likes to ride a good roller coaster, loves camping in the outdoors, and got to mention this, his 50 cent, 50 cent, 57th birthday was last October, and he took care of a bucket list item, which was going skydiving. And he liked it so much that now he's working on his uh, certification so that he can jump alone. So, Mike, thank you so much for being here. Uh, My pleasure, my friends. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to have some fun with this. Um, So, first of all, we've got to talk about a couple things that I just mentioned in your bio. Um, I'm I'm curious about a number of things, of course. You're from Arizona originally, right? Is that that's my understanding? Uh, I mean, you you started your survey career in Arizona. I'm sorry. Uh, Yes, uh, I started surveying in 1985 as a rodman in Arizona. Right on, right on. And so the Rocky Point thing, I mean, we'll circle back to this a little bit, you know, come full circle, but Rocky Point um, and going down there and captaining a sea lion tour and booze cruise and stuff like that. And you, how many years did you do that? It was like five years, right? Uh, I spent five years managing a 75-foot by 25-foot boat. It was a double-deck catamaran. We could hold 200 people. Oh I did 400 trips. I was the first one off the boat uh, swimming with the sea lions. Wow, uh, how the heck did we that? Would go out to, uh, we would go out to uh, Bird Island. How did you get that opportunity? Uh, because a friend of mine uh, owns uh, the Baja Cantina, and they started a business uh, supplying a- a- adventures to the hotels from uh, Acapulco, Mazatlan, all, all the way up to Rocky Point. Uh, most of them had boats or marinas nearby but up there in uh, rocky point it didn't so uh, we would go down to uh plaza las glorias uh and uh tow a boat behind us and take people right off the shore and then go out to the island uh, it was 18 miles offshore and uh we had a full bar on board and we supplied food for the tourists and it was a great time sounds like a dream job was that like some of the best five years of your life uh, <laughs> I can't complain, my friend. Uh, I was the only allowed on board to drink. <laughs> as a parrot head, that's like required. Right? Well, I was going to say, as yeah, as a parrot head, you're well, you're in paradise. I, I walked around with uh, the bottle of tequila for the guests, and oh my god, you know, I wasn't a legal uh, member of the crew because they all had to be uh, Mexican, uh, registered, and legal. But I was the American. Uh, uh, the, the American manager. The American manager, got it. So, producer Jake, when you get your uh, captain's license, put this on the top of your uh, my uh, job search. Job search. <laughs> I'll yes. just filter it down to you Rocky Point. Friend, you need to be a Mexican license. Uh oh. No, you got to start at Lake Pleasant. Okay, yeah, we can do one. We, maybe, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> maybe we open that up. You got to do a, a booze cruise on Lake Pleasant. That sounds great. You and your Perfect. dad and Hayden. That's what you guys got to do. We should. That's a fantastic idea. Yeah. All right. Let's. Uh, we got to talk about COVID nineteen. Obviously, it's affecting everybody. I'm just curious how how you are personally dealing with it there. And I, I maybe I failed to mention, but you're in Philadelphia as we speak. How are how are you dealing with COVID nineteen? Actually, I'm in uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, the uh, second bloodiest battle of the Civil War. Uh, Forty thousand people died here in a three day battle. Yeah. Uh, I'm here for a year. I've got eight more uh, months left. Uh, I've been tested for COVID uh, from a little cough. I'm clean. I'm good. Uh, uh, it stinks. Uh, this is a tiny little tourist town, mostly about the Civil War, but all the little pubs and the restaurants, uh, it, it's hurting the individuals here. And 
you know, uh, there's a protest here today and over the shooting at George Floyd and I'm not going to get into all that, but, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely it's sad to see how things are shut down. Yeah. Spaces start opening up again this Friday, uh, with not the business opening up inside, but to be able to put tables out on the sidewalk and limit the number of people to come in and, you know, have a cocktail and sit down with some food. I'm going to bring it back to a positive note on Gettysburg. When I was probably like 8 to 10 years old, somewhere in there, I don't have the best memory for last week, let alone that many years ago, we went and did the whole tour, and as he said, it was a bloody battle, all the, the normal history stuff. It rained like the day before we went there, and I was a little kid, and I sunk all the way to my knees in mud oh my God. walking along the <laughs> battlefield, and I'm like, how did these guys fight in this? <laughs> And my dad still brings that up and laughs at me because I was ridiculous as a child. Well, that's it. The, uh, the wheat field uh, battle, you got to remember, almost the same amount of people died in Vietnam over 12 years that died in three days here fighting with muskets. And the wheat field, you could walk from body to body and not touch the ground. And uh, the devil's den was a, a, a stream of blood going through it. I mean, it, people don't realize... I mean, I, I grew up 30 miles away from here in Rockville, and I, I've never been here before. I, I came after I got laid off from the WLB group and up in Flagstaff after managing the service department. I came back here to see some family and friends, and my twin sister lives in town, and hmm. but I had no idea of the history here. And I mean, the building I'm living in, I'm on the main road. The square, Lincoln Square is 300 feet away, and uh, I'm living in the Lincoln building uh, where Lincoln wrote the Gettysburg Address is 300 feet from me on the oh. Willis building on the second floor. And <laughs> that is awesome. To be around that kind it, of history is unbelievable. How big is the wheat field? Uh, my, my friend, it can't be a, a couple acres. And oh, really? Okay. The Devil's Den is like a quarter acre where the blood just ran through like a river. And it's right below a little round top. Uh, that was the big battle with Pickett's Charge. And it's this this town i I, i'm an amputee and i could walk from one side of this town to the other and you know an hour it's it's a tiny little town the building i'm living in is built in 1863 which the battle started july 1st 1863 ended july 3rd 1863 and all those americans died i mean it's it's such a uh it, it it's cool to study the history here, but to feel the history here, right? It's it, it hurts, you know. It's these are all Americans, whether you were North Side, South Side, you know. Yeah, yeah, and you those put that Americans that died here puts things into perspective when you look at what's going on today, for sure. Let's uh, let's talk about something that you're very passionate about, and that's surveying, of course. Um, so, what what was your first what was your first job in in surveying? Uh, I was a rodman uh, working for Carter Associates back in 1985. Um, me and a buddy uh, from high school, I graduated in 1980 from high school, lived at the beach in Ocean City, Maryland in 1981. He got out of college in 1984, and we decided to go across the country to uh, paint and uh, fix up his grandmother's house in California, Long Beach. So it could be sold. Well, we both ran out of money in, in Phoenix. He became a principal 
a teacher first and a principal of Cortez High School. He's retired now. We're still the best of friends. Uh, I <laughs> I got a job as a, a bouncer in a pub, and one of the guys was a, a bartender at the pub. His older bro- older brother was a party chief. This guy was a instrument man, and I started as a rodman. They said, "Hey, you want a job?" and they actually lied and said, hey, oh, no, this guy's got a bunch of experience. They lied and got me a job, and that's what got me to survey. And uh, you, you caught the bug right there, and uh, it's hard to get out, get away from it, right? I was always really good at math and geometry, and uh, I remember the, you know, back then, we would get printouts of northern, easting, and elevations on sheets of paper, and I looked over the chief's shoulder one day, and I said, what's going on? Oh, it's, you wouldn't understand this. It's out of your, you know. And I looked and I said, like, are you kidding me? This is just by my Saturday's theorem. I learned this in eighth grade. <laughs> so I started writing. This was back when we had HP 11Cs. So I started writing programs that would actually fit in a very small area of memory we had on the HPs back then to make things easier. And... I started giving those to other party chiefs and I mentored a bunch of party chiefs and with high humility, of course, I became very good at what I did. And I moved up to party chief real quick because I did a little construction work before then. So I kind of understood what we were trying to accomplish during our day. Oh, we're, we're staking this curve. We're, we're laying out this building. Oh, what I, I, I got a grasp of it. Yeah, so you started your surveying career probably about five years before I did. And I know what I've seen as far as changes and advancements, you know, in, in, as far as the profession goes. So let's talk about that just a little bit. What are some of the biggest biggest changes and advancements that you've made note of, and uh, for better or for worse, for that matter? Okay, uh, when I started, uh, I was working a, a wild instrument that had a uh, top count, I guess it was a DM2, if my memory's right, a top mount uh, distance meter. And, you know, we had, it would give you the information as far as slope distance. And you would take the information up here, look down at vertical distance and grab your calculator and, and do the horizontal distance by calculator and then subtract from the information you wanted off the sheet over here and then tell them, come, go, whatever. And uh, it was quite a, a change to, you know, semi-total stations. Oh, my God, the instrument, uh, the, the distance meter was inside. And uh, I remember carrying batteries out to the intersections. And, you know, I've been through GPS when they had the big ground plane, uh, reflectors on the bottom to stop, uh, you know, make signals from coming up. Uh, and we had to send, because of the shuttle going down, there was very limited windows of when you could actually collect a point. There was enough satellites there. You know, we would have to go out at, you know, two in the morning to collect this point, this kind of garbage. And Sad, uh, Sadly, I remember those days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's technology is a great thing. Uh, things can be done faster, more accurate. Uh, satellites are a great thing but it doesn't mean that everyone who can run Google map on their phone 
can call themselves a Lancerer. I started, you invited me to this post because of, I mentioned something about appliance operators versus the term Lancerer. You don't have to be a licensed Lancerer. Well, actually you do to call yourself a professional Lancerer, but uh, my comment was that too many people are calling themselves land surveyors just because they can operate an appliance. There's a difference between appliance operators and land surveyors because the land surveyor both can operate the equipment properly, but only land surveyors know what they're doing. You can you can see it every day on Survey Life and other Facebook websites and see that there's five, six, seven uh, property corners set within a square foot. They don't understand that we're there to retrace the original surveyor's survey. They think, oh, well, wherever the appliance tells me to put it is what I'll do. They do not have the knowledge to run a crew like I'm sure you were brought up. You were, I was brought up on one of the best surveyors I ever met, Tom Rope. Uh, he, he mentored me and, and taught me boundary and taught me and when to set a point, when not to. Uh, no, I think, you, I think you, you touched on something that I think is of the utmost importance, and we talk about it a lot on this show, and that is that is mentoring. You mentioned you know, you, your mentor, and I have somebody like that in my professional career as well. And you know, without having that person in, in my life at the beginning of my career for the better part of 12 years, I have no idea where I would be today, to be honest with you. And I think the biggest problem is that there are so many you know, young surveyors or you know, folks getting into the profession that just don't have that opportunity to work with a good mentor. And that is one of the biggest problems we're facing right now. So, you know, the pincushion thing, you mentioned that, you know, uh, you, you go to set a corner, there's already two or three others there. Well, if somebody doesn't know better and they're sent out in the field to set the corner and they find two or three others there, I mean, some, a lot of cases, obviously people don't think about it and they just put a new corner in there, you know, but they don't know better because they, they're operating the appliance or not. They don't have, the knowledge right. to deal with the boundary issue. Yep. yep. And they don't understand that we're not there to replace every damn pen. We're there to follow the original intent of the original surveyor. Agreed. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And unfortunately, a lot of these folks out there doing this, calling them, you know, they're party chiefs. That's their title. They're their rodman or whatever. You know, they don't know better. They're following instructions. And, and, and if it was me, I mean, I think I would pick up the phone and call and say, hey, listen, boss, you want me to set this pin? There's already two others here. Do you really want me to set this pin? You know, but they're just kind of following their marching orders, unfortunately. And if they were doing the job properly in the beginning with and doing the retracement, they probably would have visited that corner already and found that there was already, you know, a corner or two there. Um, but the whole pincushion effect, you know, we can have an entire entire episode on that, and I'm sure we will down the line. Um, that sounds like a Geoholics Anonymous coming up. They, I think it will. They, they don't have the knowledge to... They're only spitting out what the machine says instead of having the knowledge and the ability to think for themselves. Uh, uh, I mean, it, I, I, uh, maybe, maybe there should be some kind of certification or something for someone to run a crew. Agreed. Uh, 
Agreed. I absolutely. And, you I, know, it, it's coming to the point, and I think it's one of the downfalls of surveying. It's hurting this profession, but you're going to be able to go to a local grocery store, rent the damn GPS equipment, and, and and think you can go out and survey. Well, you know, surveying is what sixty percent math, uh, forty percent art. Uh, you need to be able to determine when things are appropriate i guess is what i'm trying to say and yeah. i mean i got a bunch of shit on facebook for my comment of course oh i know i saw it that's one of the things land that... surveyors and, and appliance operators yeah. but the other people called them nintendo surveyors everything else and hey i you know uh i got the crap from appliance operators yeah nintendo surveyors i didn't get those from true surveyors yeah, no, just because, like I said before, just because you can operate it doesn't mean you can use it correctly. And as licensed professionals, I'm talking to you now. Uh, I mean, I I know someone we both know that has set his cap and rebar next to a GLO corner. Yep, I'm, I'm familiar. <laughs> I'm familiar with the story. <laughs> I am familiar oh with the story. Yep. Now, I, whether he's licensed or not, I would not call him a land surveyor. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying, and I hope your listeners do too, that you don't have to use the title professional land surveyor. Yes, you have to be licensed, of course, but as a general land surveyor, you need to have some, you need to have some knowledge. Well, I mean, I otherwise, think... You're just, otherwise, you should just be out there with a freaking vacuum cleaner. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of it boils down to common sense um, in mentoring, of course. And I'll, I'll take it one step further. I have a, uh, an experience where we found a nail and washer driven into the top of a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> Because the transformer was on the property line. So there was literally a nail and a washer with the, with the, with the RLS number driven in the top of the transformer. And I, I knew this person, of course. So I called him. I'm like, listen, I know you better than this. And I know that that was not the intent. And he about lost his mind. But again, there's a great example of somebody being told to go out there and set these corners and just go set them. You know, they, they, again, they're, just, they're not being taught in a lot of cases. You know what, what, what to look for, and uh, what, and what to be aware of. Um, you know whether it, it, it be common sense, but it really, really, really boils down to mentoring. And it sounds like you know you and myself, and you know a number of other people out there have had the benefit of, of working with good mentors. For those of you that are in the position to be mentors, you have to. T- if this if this profession is going to survive, you have to take advantage of that opportunity. You have to take the time to to teach your folks. Uh, my friend, uh, you see it every day on these Survey Live Facebook sites, and you know uh, every day there's points next to other points. And even I, I guess in Florida, I saw that uh, square foot area where there's thirty some PKs and uh, sit next to each other. And you know, it's it, people think it's funny on these Survey Life websites to take pictures of these and. Yep. My God, it is such an embarrassment to our profession. I agree. I agree completely. It, it hurts. I agree it completely. Hurts. And, and, and I know you... you... Know, and I understand it's not their fault. I, Like I said, I was trained by one of the best. And Yep. Thank God for that, uh, right? Yes. Oh, my God. I, 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 Tom Tom wrote Lancer Day Services now. He's 
retired over in California, uh, but you know, uh, we started together in uh, Carter Associates, and uh, I don't even know if they're around anymore. But we were in Phoenix together, and then I worked for him privately. Uh, but my, my friends, uh, there needs to be some kind of training or certificate something that says okay technology has caught up where you can just go out and spit points out between no you know when and where to spit points out i mean i've had people go out and oh well the backside check we said everything yep. well you had a bearing in the backside in the machine so now the whole job is rotated off but the backside check points check between themselves, everything like that. I've had people do topos with GPS. Well, you know, the projection was wrong. So it occurred 10 feet off of where me and the party chief actually went out into the boundary and it was correct. You, you <laughs> sent a crew out and the crew with the same party chief and he's using a projection that's different from uh, I mean, I could go on and on with my yeah. experiences and yeah, well, we have a, we have you a, got, you guys understand. And I hope the guys listening understand. Uh, absolutely. We have, just we have, because you can operate, it doesn't mean you can use it. Absolutely. We have a, we have a mutual friend that I know we've talked about before, Michael Dennis, and he does a presentation called ghost in the machine. And it pertains to a lot of things we're talking about. You know, you get a GPS in your hand and you go out there and you start setting points and hey, it's, it, it says this, it says that, blah, blah, blah. Well, why does it say that? What checks are you building in to make sure that the projection is correct and blah, 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 the geoid and this and that, you know, people don't understand, a lot of people out there doing this do not fully understand that. And they're just going out there going through the motions. And it's very unfortunate. It's leading to a lot of of situations for surveyors is leading to embarrassment for a lot of surveyors. And again, it boils down to mentoring. And I like what you said about there being some sort of training program before, you know, folks can be, you know, dubbed a party chief or whatever, you know, and honestly, I'm, I'm not a union guy. We don't have unions per se in Arizona, but the union, the apprenticeship program that they have, like in California, for example, it works plain and simple. And the people that come out of there, they have, you know, a certain level of uh, ability when they go to work for these companies. And I'm honestly, I'm not opposed to that model, to tell you the truth. My friend, uh, I, I, I study Einstein and, you know, these people don't understand that uh, the trigonometry of going, okay, you shoot your control GPS. Go back an hour later when the geometry train shoot it again. Uh, they don't understand that the height of the satellite away from the mass, this is Einstein's general relativity, the height away from the mass slows down time, uh, uh, speeds up time. The height of this object speeding up faster than we are speeds up or slows down time. The other one slows down, but microseconds mean these satellites are over our heads doing six rotations around the world. Um, their uh, Einstein's general relativity says the faster they go, slower time is. But since they're above the mass of the Earth, you know, time is different. So one is adding, 
microseconds to the one is subtracting microseconds to the and if that, that isn't corrected for every time you pass over you got error so it's not just the geometry the trigonometry fix that you go back and, and check your uh, trigonometry you know an hour later uh, it, it has to do with timing I mean, oh my God, we're talking 0. 0.00075 seconds. Right. We'll throw you off. It's. Let's let's see. Where should we go with this? Um, we're about fifty some minutes in. Um, so, Mike, where are you at in your survey career? Are you? I know you. You mentioned coming back to Arizona. Are you planning on still surveying, or what? What's your objective at this point? My, my objective is to uh, get the hell out of Pennsylvania when my lease is up. <laughs> and uh, yeah, going back, uh, managing an office or a project surveyor, I got a good five or six years left in me. Like I said, I'm only 57. And uh, my experiences, uh, mostly Alta NSPS land title survey, especially on large commercial projects. And I, I would love to get back into it. I know AutoCAD, Civil 3D, uh, you know, I'm not done yet, my friend. As, as a former New Yorker, I can definitely sympathize with getting the hell out of Pennsylvania, especially <laughs> if you're anywhere near Philadelphia and those Eagles fans and their hoagies and their wah-wahs. And we're I'm not a Ruskin fan. I was born one. <laughs> oh, and, uh, as much oh, as they suck, I, I'm still a Ruskin fan. Now we're just going the wrong way. But obviously, you're very passionate about what you do and, and the conversation with us and, and Justin and doing all this stuff. Uh uh, you got five or six more good years in you. What motivates you? What are you most excited about for the future? And then our, our old reliable, what, what's your mantra? Uh, my, my friends, uh, I guess like we talked about is I, I want to do vaults, do boundaries because there's not enough old school guys that know that much about it anymore. And I also want to coach uh, surveyors today on how it should be done because I am kind of depressed on the state of surveying. I I, uh... I could be I, I could be uh, a great help I think to a, a company that could use my knowledge and with all humility I'm very good at what I do. So the excited about is fixing that. Well, yeah, uh, uh, surveying, like I said, is going to go down to someone with Google Maps or someone going to the local grocery store, running a damn uh, GPS like they do vacuum cleaners and going out and surveying. It, that's what it's coming to. And uh, this isn't a Joe job, hairnet job. This is profession. And I would like to keep it one. And then to finish it off, your mantra? Uh, <laughs> you can just say, go, Big Blue. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, and, but, and, and in all seriousness, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's guys like yourself that have been doing this forever. 
Um, and it, it's, it's our job to make sure that we extract that knowledge and wisdom from you and so that we're able to pass it on to the, the future generations. And you've got plenty of that to share. And I'm sure that Justin will be in touch with you. And uh, I think you guys could, could work on some pretty cool projects together. So. And we're pretty fortunate out here in Arizona to have him dying to get back here yeah, when to, you get, to when, spread that knowledge. Well, we'll definitely stay in touch when you get to Arizona. You know, give me a shout for sure. Give us a shout. We'll get you in the studio. My friends, uh, you know how to get a hold of me. Uh, I'll be back this winter. Uh, I wish I could come back now, but my damn lease, I, I signed a year lease. Uh, I, my window, which I'm looking out now, is right over the main square in Gettysburg. Uh, it's a great little historic town, but it's it's not Arizona. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll welcome you back with open arms, of course. But uh, <laughs> my friends, I appreciate it. Uh, you've had quite the the life of you know trying to get to California, getting stranded in Arizona, ending up in Mexico as a sea ca- sea lion tour booze cruise captain, <laughs> back in Gettysburg. My dream job as a Buffett fan. Uh, long and short of it, what would your auto be? autobiography be called uh pirate looks at 40 oh there you go the buffett Buffett reference (laughs) i like it i like it way to way to way to close i just dropped my phone (laughs) (laughs) that's how a parrot does it oh man that's great that's great so mike before we let you go is there anything uh that we we haven't given you a chance to talk about that you might want to add uh, my friends, I, I can't take enough for letting me speak. Uh, I mean, uh, my <laughs> my opinion means nuts, uh, but, but I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, once again, thank you so much for inviting me. Awesome. Thank you for being here and uh, and sharing your your thoughts and feelings and perspective on things. It's uh, incredibly valuable. So with that, you guys, uh, thank you, sir. you betcha. You got anything else, fellas? No, we're good to go. All right. Let's wrap this sucker up. Thanks again, Mike, for being here. Thank you, Justin, for uh, uh, promoting International Surveyors Week. We'll do whatever we can to help you out with that. And be sure to check us out at thegeoholics.com and, uh, you know, take a moment to follow us on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, Facebook, we're up to almost 600 followers, if you can believe mm-hmm. that. LinkedIn, I just mm-hmm. checked today, like 350 members of the LinkedIn group and Instagram, I think, is around 300. So things are, are, are going in the right direction. Um, so give, give us a shot. Check us out on those platforms. And, of course, download all our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and, of course, of course, uh, we can't forget, download our app from landsurveyorsunited.com and have everything right in the palm of your hands. Uh, email us at info at And if you're interested in being a friend of the program or a guest on a future show, please reach out. We're booking into August. Uh, Jimmy Buffett, Volcano, taking us out. Available on Spotify and Apple Music. Support local. And most importantly, stay safe and healthy, my friends. Thanks again to our friends of the program, Bad Elf GPS, bad-elf.com, Land Surveyors United, landsurveyorsunited.com, Unifly, U-N-I-F-L-I dot A-E-R-O, Parkland College Land Survey Program, parkland.edu forward slash surveying, Diamondback Land Surveying, 
diamondbacklandsurveying.com. And last but not least, Get Kids Into Survey. You can find them at getkidsintosurvey.com.